Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. Jump. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Bobby. As always, normal. Normal. All right, three, two, one. Hey, hey, Bobby. What's up, Brian? The last episode of the year as we uh, finish out the year. Hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas and is looking forward to the next year. Hopefully, everyone's got a little downtime. How's your, uh, you got some downtime right now? A little bit, a little bit. Where the fly school's open every day, but Christmas and New Year's Day. So, uh, Still quite a bit of action going on over there, but I haven't been over there much. Just golfing with Blake and family fun times. This is actually, uh, when this airs, it'll be literally two days short of our two-year anniversary of our first recording. I can't believe we've actually recorded 109 episodes. That's awesome. Well, I really enjoyed it. Likewise, this is a fun topic. Indeed. So we, we did this last year. Actually, we did this kind of early uh, 2019 uh, where we talked about um, you know, interesting companies, where the market's headed, kind of the top companies to work for. This is a little bit more maybe nuanced, some of the companies you won't be familiar with. Some of them you will, of course. There'll be some big names here, but some of them you won't have even heard of. I, I certainly hadn't heard of them before. And this is the six big technology trends for 2020. And this was based loosely off a Forbes article um, that I've trimmed down and added a lot of context to here. And I, the, the point of this really is if you're working for a company, it really, I think we're hitting kind of two audiences here. One, if you're just a student of the business, of the technology business, and you want to get sharper and understand the latest uh, um, trends, this will be a good episode for you. Um, The other group would be folks that are not necessarily as passionate about the company or career that they're currently involved in. So maybe you're looking around, maybe you don't know what to look at, maybe you're just looking at the, the partner ecosystem that you've been a part of for 20 years, 10 years, five years. Um, oftentimes I'm reminded, and as we kind of built this episode, out, I was reminded of how big this ecosystem is, this tech ecosystem is. So Bobby, what we're going to cover today are uh, six big tech trends for 2020. And uh, Yeah, interesting stuff here too from my perspective. I think we all kind of get wrapped around kind of what a vendor uh, and what a vendor's ecosystem looks like and we're going to hear a lot of vendor names here today, too. They're doing a lot of stuff that aren't necessarily the traditional job roles. And the the perspective we have here is if you're thinking about a career change or you're thinking about a new way of approaching your own career, there's a lot of cool stuff going on that you could get in bleeding edge on for sure. Yeah. And there's going to be – it's a good point. There's going to be a little bit of risk there, too. If you're somebody that wants to make a – you know – I don't, what, what is the percent? Well, I'm sure we could find it really quickly. The percent growth of Amazon from when it IPO'd, or maybe even some of the first uh, investments that people made in Amazon, and, and, and that return on investment, even from when they IPO'd, is, it's, it's got to be in the hundreds, if not thousands of percent return. There was also a big risk with Amazon, too. What if they were too early? What if it was the wrong, you know, what if focusing on books was the wrong initial niche thing to focus on here, too? So some of these trends we'll talk about will be a total dud or a failure, some of these companies. Some of them, though, will be the next Google or Amazon or Apple um, as well, which could provide a pretty good return on investment for 
someone that wants to enter into the company uh, at this stage of its maturity level. In some cases, some of the, we'll still talk about some of the big companies as well. All right, so the first one, Bobby, is artificial intelligence as a service. I think every, everything's got to have as a service now. And artificial intelligence as a service is is kind of the, the next uh, buzzword here. I will say, though, um, and I know you, you've seen it over the most recent year or two, there are um, some very specialized cloud software companies and hardware companies that have... Um, optimized and you and are using machine learning and artificial intelligence to improve their offering and it's worked out really well in, in some very limited use cases we're still in this we're still in this kind of tech phase to where artificial intelligence and machine learning is is very narrow it has very limited use cases it's expensive it requires uh, very highly trained uh, developers with the expensive developer tool sets um, so we're kind of like just it's kind of, this reminds me a lot, Bobby, of like when we used to talk about the cloud, you know, like everyone was like, yeah. oh, it's going to be the next, mega, it's going to be, you know, $100 billion market cap. And, you know, some of us were saying, eh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Artificial intelligence um, will is, is kind of that next uh, cloud thing that may change how we all work in the future. Yeah, speaking of that, um, I know we'll talk about this in the name. It's going to probably come up more, but I just ran into a guy at our golf club who works for Tesla, and I was like, and and of course, one of my golf buddies has a Tesla, and he's like, oh, he's so cool. I asked him if he could make my car go faster, and um, we really hadn't spent any time with him, but I spent some time with him last week in the clubhouse, and I said, so like, and he's met Elon Musk a bunch of times, and but he lives in Houston because it doesn't matter where he lives. He just he just does analytics and he's a data scientist um, talking about AI. I said, well, what's your job? Like how to prevent cars from hitting people? He goes, no, mine's a lot less exciting. I am an internal guy who is focused on how to figure out where we're spending the most money that we're spending. Um, and I was like, oh, really? And the, the, the numbers that he's looking at were crazy. Um, their biggest their biggest expense is the time spent reworking some of the software on the car, like the things that they're testing and prototyping and testing and prototyping. They're spending the most money there, and they're trying to figure out how to take some of that cost out of the business. But it is it is data literally data scientists are being paid to look at internal stuff, uh, and some of someday soon there'll be services out there that are AI as a service. Indeed. Replacing and that guy's job. It, yeah, absolutely. Like there, there will be a lot of disruption here for sure. Um, and who knows? No, I mean, it's anyone's guess as to what it's going to look like. But you, of course you have companies like Google, Amazon with their web services, part of their division, Microsoft with their Azure division, IBM with their developer cloud. These are all the blue blood companies that are great companies to work for. You know, you, you can't go wrong with any of these companies. You'll become a better professional and make good money at working at these companies. And if you think it's impossible to get in, it's not. You should hit us up on on LinkedIn and reach out if you've got questions because you need to start. If, if you aspire to work for one of these big companies, you're not going to see you know, a 1,000% growth, but you're going to see a 1,000% career growth probably. No um, doubt. I, it, I did look up Amazon a while ago. They've they've gone they've four x themselves in the last five years, wow. so uh, still still doubling. I mean that's a massive business. Indeed, yeah, indeed. Um, and it's it's also good if too if you're a student of Amazon's business, go out and, and 
search for uh, Jeff Bezos when he was uh, selling this idea, when he left the hedge fund to found Amazon, uh, search for that video on YouTube. It's, it's great stuff. Um, there are many startups in this, in this world. So you'll have, oftentimes what you'll have, have certainly in the AI space is you'll have uh, Harvard, Stanford, Cambridge, Oxford grads that will, uh, you know, get 10, $20 million worth of funding uh, to found a company based off, to your point, Bobby, a lot of data scientists and, and engineers that are really sharp. Those people aren't great salespeople. They need salespeople to help shop their wares out to other companies. Um, so you have companies like Big ML, um, Dideku, I, I know I'm not pronouncing that properly, uh, Forecast. Uh, you have uh, D-A-T-I-O-N, Daytoin, Digifuture. Uh, there are a bunch of companies. If you just search for artificial intelligence as a service startups, you will find more than you could ever want to reach out to. And the key with this or any of the ones that we talk about today is that you don't have, have you don't have to have a relationship or a friend that works for these companies. We talk about you know like a value hypothesis all the time. That's where you uh, effectively understand what it is they sell, and then you pre-write marketing to how how you would sell that via email to a prospective customer. Find a customer with a pain point, and 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 research and write some sort of statement of how you would approach sales to them, and then share that with them on LinkedIn. And this is how people get jobs at companies they don't have any relationships with. And Bobby, you and I have seen this work uh, time and time again. Yep, no question. And maybe not everybody even understands what AI as a service would do, but I mean, there's probably a lot of practical use cases in business. We talked a little bit about the forecasting a few weeks back and, and that, that a tool like this could be implemented uh, on top of the things that businesses are doing. Find where they're losing money uh, by plugging in some stuff into a financial system. It, these will all be add-ons and plugins and and web services that are part of a bigger platform from these big guys like Amazon, Google, and Microsoft that they will just all use and, and not even really know the underlying workings, but it's going to answer questions for us that we don't, don't today know how to answer ourselves. Yeah, another great example of that, because this one is the most interesting one. I mean, this is absolutely where the market's going, is uh, Clary. There's a forecasting company and you know, AEs submit forecasts on, on a every so often basis, quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily, in some cases. And what Clary, this artificial intelligence system does is looks at the underlying variables of how and why deals close. And they're using machine learning to help companies better understand before they actually forecast to the business externally, what deals are likely to land. Because there's a people element to all of that, right? And if you deal with enough volume and it can see enough about trends that are occurring, it's not just a bunch of if-then statements, I guess is the point. It's it's using actual, it's learning and improving so that companies can better understand how revenue is going to fall in their own business. And there are, there are hundreds of these applications, but they're expensive to develop and they're very cool apps and they're probably great companies to work for. They should, ex you should expect to be acquired by a big company, which, you know, could be good, could be bad. These are kind of risky things to look at, but there are some cool companies out there. So it's going to expose all the sandbaggers people get out, get, get out of your <laughs> That's way. Right. That's right. Uh, the next mega trend is 5g. Um, it feels like we've been talking about 5g for five years. Um, maybe we have, but, 
the the net of this is to give mobile internet connectivity uh, at a super fast download speed, upload speeds, more stable connections, a faster. It's, I guess it's called latency, Bobby. Is that when when you make a request, the you get a response back instantaneously, and yep, that's what's that's what's kept mobile mobile technology from being the primary point of interaction for a lot of core applications is because there's too much there's too much latency which makes it hard to watch you know a Netflix show for a consumer or run a business application um, if you're a uh, you know somebody using your mobile phone for business it makes it more difficult for or we're talking about major data flow here we're not talking about getting emails on your phone we're talking about major moving data through pipes it's it's about being able to perform surgery uh, from you know from a a wireless connection, which wouldn't even be considered today, right? Like that, that seems preposterous, but that those are things we'll be doing through this 5G technology at some point. Yeah. I think there's like a few big technology things happening here all at once. You know, a lot of devices today use satellite still and satellite is still constantly improving. We've recently talked about some of the stuff Elon Musk is doing around that, but the, the speed by which this 5G network will work and the pathways that they afford um, are solving a lot of the problems where rigs rigs don't have to use satellites anymore. 5G 5G will actually reach a rig, which isn't poss- hasn't been possible for many years. The only thing they could really use was a satellite. And so now the, the things that could be done on rigs or remote locations, places that only could use satellites in the past, are going to be able to use 5G, which is going to change everything. And then... Speed, size, Moore's law being doubled down here as well. It, uh, everything will have an IP address. Your Yeti mug will probably have an IP address and be able to change pictures on the side of your cup or something. But it is going to allow many, many things to be connected that aren't connected today and have a lot of bandwidth at a real inexpensive price. It, many people say, uh, for better or worse, I, I don't know enough about it to know if it's true or not, that you won't have like a home Wi-Fi anymore. You'll you'll be connected to a, you know, a router that's handling your neighborhood uh, or city. You know, not no longer will you be kind of dependent on a on a local area network that's being you know piped through a, a wired in network. And maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. I, you know, who knows how this really lands? Well, it's very possible, but it, it'll change. Like we're today, we on a plane have the ability to like check our email on Wi-Fi. That that plane will be able to support enough bandwidth that everybody could stream Netflix, which will be game changing mm-hmm. uh, on the way entertainment's delivered, etc. Um, and and what you can do in your house will be very different as well. Um, we probably see the end of voice with this, in my opinion, too. Meaning there's still a lot of voice networks out there where it's analog or maybe even digital voice connections. I think 5G provides so much bandwidth and so much connectivity that it'll be a voice conversation over a data connection that that we won't we won't have the voice lines that we have at all in the in the short term. And you might say, well, where would I work for something like this? Of course, you could work for, you know, the major telecom companies are the ones that are that are building these networks out, of course. And some are doing it faster than others, and some are doing it more comprehensive than others. Some there's some point locations, like there's some NFL statement stadiums that have this already. There are a few downtown areas that have this already in the US. So you may be sitting in one of these locations, uh, pounding your, your dashboard saying this is already here, uh, and you may be right, but this is not widely available at this point. And so some interesting places to work would of course be some of the providers of this technology, they all have business divisions um, at these telecom companies. 
if you're not, if that's not your thing, working for the telecom company, there are a lot of uh, Internet of Things or IoT companies out there, startup companies that could be really interesting as well. Again, expect those things to get acquired if they're developing kind of the underlying technology that could be used by a big company. You know, expect Dell to buy them, expect HP to buy them, right? Um, but those could be really fun startup type environments that you could learn a lot about uh, what's happening here in the next five years. Well, last point on this one, this this will be every company uh, in the short term, like every company will be using this. So every device uh, from what I think of as billboards or signs in, on the street, uh, everything will be connected and have a digital display that will be using this 5G network. So it could literally be any company, any car maker, anybody. Um, if you if you're fascinated by networks, seek this out. Go find a place where you can land that you'll love what you do every day, um, because it's only going to keep getting faster and smaller. So the third one here is autonomous driving, and you may say that's not a well, you know, it's technology, but that's not a tech sales job, and it it, it, it very it really is. I have talked to so many people that are working for the companies that are that are doing this here, and I. I have a Tesla that I have 16,000 miles on from this year and 10,000 of those miles or more are from autonomous driving where the car is driving itself down the highway. I travel a lot on the Texas, the Texas highways uh, for better or for worse. Um, And there are a lot of companies. Tesla is just one of them that have kind of developed this technology in house. And, um, but there are a ton of companies like uh, adaptive uh, Uber, Google is, of course, doing this. Mobileye, NVIDIA, who was the, the, you know, the video card company. Bosch, Newtonomy, Cruise Automation. There are a ton of companies that are um, developing technology to help companies retrofit um, the ability to self-drive. In some cases, it is retrofitting. In some cases, they're developing technology that other, you know, Ford or Chevy could then license from them as well. And in other cases, like Uber, they're, you know, trying to autonomize taxi service to where that doesn't even have to be a driver in the car. The, the car can drive itself. So what would you be selling? Like, what would you be doing in this kind of environment? That there's a Uber very much has B2B salespeople, salespeople that like you today that are calling other companies, getting them to sign up for their service. Google, as you would expect, has 10,000 salespeople. NVIDIA probably has 5,000 salespeople. So uh, the point with this is, while it seems like a weird niche thing, it is it is very much a growing industry, um, and there's very much an interest in the marketplace for this. Well, and you, you talk about everything that's land-based or on the ground. Don't forget everything that's above us in the air. Um, there's I've seen some kits that have been retrofitted into Cessnas where it's completely automated, um, not like remote control, but... They say go fly this route and land at this airport, and that Cessna takes off on its own and lands at its own airport. What? Um, that could be that. That's retrofitting into a plane that was built in like the '80s, and there's no physical, there's no major alteration to the plane. They take the seat out and they use the same rails that that seat was on, and they put a little robot in there that pushes the foot pedals and and pe- presses the power and pulls the yoke. Um, and Garmin just released, uh, Garmin does a bazillion things, but Garmin just released in in my planes, the planes that I fly, I have a Garmin, it's called G1000. And if I wanted to spend $10,000, I could upgrade that plane to where it would have an auto land feature in it to where if I'm flying with Brian and I pass out, Brian can push the auto land feature 
It tells air traffic control that it's in auto land mode. Brian just sits back. It finds the closest airport, and that plane will land itself. Again, a plane built in early 2000 can be retrofitted with software, just software, to where it will auto land itself now. Um, and then the, the drones and everything else that's above us in the air uh, will have this autonomous flying capability. Um, I don't think commercial jets will have it just because I don't think anybody will be able to get in a plane that doesn't have somebody driving that plane. But uh, there, there's a lot of, of technology coming above us in the air as well. That's really cool stuff. I had, I had no idea that it was progressing that fast because I know there's a lot more regulation in terms of uh, planes and, and all the licensing around there. That's, that. That can be really interesting. Yes, no doubt. Uh, the next one is computer vision. Um, so in computer terms, this is um, a, a system that can identify items, places, objects, people from visual images. So maybe it's uh, a picture of, of you that allows you to access your iPhone. And you may wonder, like, what, what does that have to do with, you know, how does Texels land there? Well, the, the Dubai airport, you know, Dubai is obviously known for being a very progressive in, in, in technology and everything else. Um, they use that to provide a smoother customer journey. So when it comes to um, a person identifying themselves so they can board a plane or get through security, they're using technology to speed that process up. And if you're a tech seller and your 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 company has developed an intellectual property to help that journey, imagine the return on investment Dubai is getting from that. Imagine the the business case. Imagine how many millions of dollars they probably spent on that system. And imagine how much money that that tech seller made who <laughs> sold Dubai Airport that system, right? It was millions of dollars worth of technology was placed in there. And while it's a longer sell cycle, they didn't do that in a month or a week. Um, um, it was probably very financially rewarding for them. Well, I, I would say uh, I coach a number of tech sales lab students in a coffee shop, Starbucks, of course. And many times we're, we're debating on what would what would Starbucks spend money on uh, as it relates to tech. And Starbucks, their business is not technology. But if you look around a Starbucks, there's bunches of technologies from coffee makers to signboards to just point-of-sale stuff. But I bet to Starbucks would pay for some computer vision if it could order my coffee every time I walked in the door. Um, they've done a lot of that in mobile phones, but the, the, the writing of those apps and the maintaining of those apps and keeping up with those apps are, are just tremendous. But this jumps to my mind that if I walked into a Starbucks and it could recognize me and my Apple Watch could say, do you want the usual? And I say yes, and it's paid for and it's in my hand. Man, what does that do to the cost for Starbucks to how much does that reduce the cost for Starbucks to do my coffee? It's immense. And there's it's this is not a big leap to expect that things like this could happen in the very near future. I've spent two years in the UK. I can tell you that or, things like ordering meals are far more efficient in the UK than they are here. Not everything is more efficient there, of course. They're they're behind in a lot of their mobile technology, but um, that process is enhanced in China. They're doing some crazy things. Again, you may debate the politics of it, but what they're doing with facial recognition is completely game-changing, and if you think that's not coming here, I, that'd be a bad bet. Uh, you would be wrong. It's already here, no question. I can <laughs> assure you. Uh, the government and every cookie you've accepted is like knows everything about you, so uh, you can't run from it. I think, I think it's going to be cool, and I think it'll enable us, and I think some of us will get weirded out by it, but all in all, I think it's going to be better for everybody. 
so some some companies to look at um, Hawkeye doing some interesting things with sports technology so if you're into sports and they're they're tracing uh, like a baseball pitcher they're chasing chasing that ball to the millimeter uh, and golf to the millimeter we've all seen the Fox coverage of golf if you've not you should watch a Fox event on golf uh, to see the new the technology they've implemented as part of the broadcast, a tech seller sold that to Fox. One hundred percent sold that to Fox. Fox didn't develop that on their own; they licensed no. that through somebody else. Uh, since time, Aerobotics. That's A I R O B O T I C S. Veo Robotics. There are all kinds of companies that are that are doing this. Again, many of them will get acquired. Some of them there will be a major uh, company at some point as well. Go for it. I like the next one. I like it a lot. I can't wait to speak about it. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you take it? Why don't you take this one? All right. Extended reality. So there's so much cool stuff coming out. I was just demoing some stuff yesterday on my iPhone. Uh, I, I still have an older iPhone X or 10, whatever they called it. And um, But the, even the, what, what the augmented reality, the extended reality world that came with that phone has always kind of uh, surprised me or amazed me a little bit. But Yesterday, somebody brought a bottle of wine to me, and it was um, a wine called 19 Crimes. I don't know if you've ever seen in the store, Brian. There's all a bunch of – it's a red of some sort, and there's there's always these old Western crime photos on the front. And there's an app on your iPhone that if you just scan the label, the guy on the label starts talking to you, right? And it doesn't matter how you move the the, la- the, the whole wine bottle, he's, he's still in the exact same spot on the wine bottle. There's nothing – you know, there's nothing you can see that's special on that label. It just turned. It literally makes the bottle come alive, and and they tell you the story of how they got put in jail and prison, and it just makes a bottle of wine much more interesting and draws you back to it. Um, and that's that's one of bazillions. Uh, I'm a big golfer. Uh, they've released some extended reality on the PGA Tour last year, where you, every golf event that the PJ tour does one hole is able to be overlaid on any flat surface. And so on my desk, assuming I cleared all these things that were on it off, I, with my iPhone, I could let it sense the flatness of the table and it would overlay a, a visual representation of that hole. And I could see every shot in three dimensions on that desk that was hit that day, or I could pick three golfers and compare those two shots uh, and run my hands through those ball flights and see everything that happened. Or it can actually now watch that that hole live. And when a guy hits the ball on TV, I see that ball fly through the air. Um, some pretty cool stuff that you know a golf company and a wine company's done. It's hard telling what's going to happen for the cover of books, for menus in locations where you go just to, to get a, a, a meal for dinner. Um, we're on the precipice of something everywhere we look we'll be able to interact with some sort of reality that that is augmented for sure no question yeah it's it's both uh exciting and scary too uh, to understand what's real and what's not real anymore they say that at some point we'll have either an implant implants in our in our eyes or glasses that we wear that will make all of this come alive in some form or fashion that you don't have to look through a phone to to accomplish that but it's well, some really, of really that, some of that's stuff. interesting and a little scary. I, I get the scary <laughs> part. My, you know, there's a a Minecraft video of some stuff Microsoft will be releasing that's very, you know, you could build Minecraft around your house, and anytime you hold your phone up to it, your house will look like a Minecraft house. Well, you the way you built it versus the brick and mortar that's really there. 
But for, again, I'll jump to the flying examples. There's some pretty cool stuff now that just wearing clear glasses and an iPhone app, you, you can shoot an approach and you actually have the gates that you need to fly through based on GPS location, based on your airspeed, and you can land a plane or fly through the clouds and maybe not even see the clouds. You know, you lose the visual representation in the clouds, but these glasses make the clouds disappear and it looks like a pretty clear day and you're getting all the information from just a few accelerometers in your iPhone or something else to where it doesn't, it doesn't become risky to fly in the clouds anymore. Whether the instruments in the plane are working or not, you've got these other resources that are giving you all this data. So it could turn into some really useful things that companies will spend billions of dollars to have that tech sellers are going to have to sell it. Yeah. Really cool stuff there. Cycling is near and dear to me. And there's a lot coming out here too. There, when you're flying down the road at, you know, 40 miles an hour going downhill and you want to understand, uh, you know, what direction you're going to be turning or how much power you're generating um, or how fast you're going, even those types of things are being displayed over, over glasses now. So there's all kinds of really cool, specific use cases out there and um it's you know it's not all just consumer stuff there are you know to your point with uh things like uh minecraft there are engineers that are developing buildings this way uh that are able to model what out what construction could look like with a load all that's being done and and being bought again for millions of dollars by these companies well i think last thing for me i think ikea has an app now that you can overlay their furniture in your room Mm-hmm. So you can see what it looks like before you buy it. And it you measure the room and then you, you can put a couch down and drag it around and move it and see how it's going to look and feel and then buy it right there, right? Like Ikea and companies like that would spend lots of money if it increased their sales and lowered their cost of sale in a store or retail location. Yeah. Uh, and we the, the final one here, Bobby, uh, is blockchain technology. Uh, again, this is another buzzword, and we had uh, Jeremy Epstein on the on the podcast. That was what earlier uh, 2019. Yeah, I think so. We had him on, and uh, it might be good to get him back on at some point in the future to talk about where blockchain is is headed and what further use cases are being done here. But if you're not familiar with blockchain, the context in which most people understand blockchain is through uh, digital currencies. So you know the Bitcoin and you know the, many of the other um, digital currencies are are based off blockchain and basically it's a decentralized ledger public ledger many times it's public not always there could be some internal use cases that companies use this but it's a a ledger that is shared by many people it's public in nature so if there's a you know before if you're a you know a bank or if you're a consumer of a bank and you need to transfer money there's there's costs for that there's wiring fees and there's bank fees that you're paying to accomplish this transaction at some point in the future, and it's it's happening now with digital currency, currency of course, that middleman will be evaporated from this scenario. It, many people think uh, that this person will be evaporated from the scenario, and it will be free to move money or, or costless to move money between locations because of this uh, public accountability to the to the blockchain. And for those that are very, very deep into this, I'm I'm explaining it at a 100 level and you're probably pounding your dashboard because you know it at a 400 level and we'd love to have you on. Um, but there's a lot of, many companies have announced how they're going to either incorporate this in their technology or how they're licensing this from other companies. And there, uh, there are many companies that have 
displayed in their financial statements that this could be a disruption to their business, either positively or negatively. They don't know how to approach it. And companies like IBM are investing, I think they announced $200 million investment that they're making in, in blockchain technology. This could be a real game changer in terms of how, uh, of how a general ledger uh, becomes digital. Yeah, that the, it's quite interesting because there's a lot of ledger type things out there, and for whatever reason, I, well, because I own a flight school, I, I, thought, I was thinking logbooks for pilots. You know, there's mm-hmm. no reason that the, a lot of the logbooks that are written and signed by instructors are all paper today. There's this question of how much of those logbooks are real, because um, you never. I mean, what what would how could you ever possibly go back and see that I flew a plane five years ago? And did I really log 1.2 or did I log 1.8? And who signed it? It's that guy doesn't work here anymore, kind of thing. And so I could see where where blockchain could lock logbooks forever and prevent there from any discrepancies being put in those logbooks um, without many other people getting involved uh, down that chain of of that blockchain list of people. So lots of other use cases just beyond currency. And I think that's where everybody's trying to figure it out. Inventory control, um, many, many things that are lists can be managed through blockchain. Yeah. It's a really cool use case. Um, Jim and I, the Winklevoss twins, the guys that, that kind of founded Facebook with Zuckerberg, uh, have announced uh, Libra. Oh, sorry, not Libra, but Jim and I is their company. Libra is a Facebook company. Um, which is based off this as well. So, the, so again, the aim here is to kind of broaden your thoughts about um, what companies might be interesting to go out there and work for, rather than the average company focusing on a company that's uh, or focusing on a, a business or a trend that could be exponential in terms of its growth. Awesome, great conversation. All right, with that, we will wrap up, reminding everyone to don't be average. Average sucks. Hope it was a wonderful 2019 for you, and we look forward to uh, 2020 together. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.